Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. What a great show today. You know, at the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, we like to bring on worldwide leaders in their respective field. And today is absolutely a real honor to have Mr. Brian Hazelgren on the show. And Brian is the CEO of rx to live And let me tell you, when it comes to talking about healthcare and healthcare technology. One thing that's super hot right now is remote patient monitoring. It's so important for physicians to be able to monitor their patients in a meaningful way. And Brian is one of the leaders in this field and his company, rx to live is doing an amazing job in the medical space. So Brian, Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. Thank you, Brian. You know, you've become well-known for value-based products and services that really impacts the lives of people that use them. Before we speak about that and talk about that, let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet, as you know we always do at the beginning of the show, and right. tell us about rx to live Okay, thank you. I'd be happy to. Well, we're a medical services company that caters to the needs of doctors, uh, corporate employees, as well as residents at elder care facilities. We do that by delivering services and products that usually the uh, doctors, the employees, the residents may not have access to. And in many cases, the physicians or the company will outsource those services to our team and we put together the right uh, team to deliver that particular service that they're most interested in. I love it, Brian. It's so interesting. You know, a, a few months ago, I visited a friend of mine and he had a situation where he had an AFib incident, a fibrillation. So I go to his house and he showed me this little tiny little thing that was sort of, um, like glued to his chest. I said, you know, what is that? And he said, well, they're monitoring my heart right. from another place. And I thought it was just so interesting, the technology that's going on with regard to physicians being able to monitor patients. Tell us a little bit more about why this is so important and how this is evolving at such a fast pace at rx to live well, I've been in medicine now or healthcare for a couple of decades, and it's it's been fascinating for me to see the technology evolve to where it is today. Uh, you know, we all went through a, a miserable time with pandemic just recently, and many people couldn't even get out of their homes or were afraid to leave their home. 
including employees that couldn't even get to work. And sometimes when, obviously, when that happens, then now healthcare is going to start taking a backseat to other things that are going on because they can't get to talk to or meet with their medical provider. So thank goodness that there today now there's a digital technology that's available that literally allows the doctor to collect all forms of, of data from that particular patient so that they know exactly what's going on with that patient, even if they're still at home. They don't always have to come physically into the practice in order to receive better patient care. So when you can actually monitor vital signs and a, a long list of, um, of things that are going on with the, with the patient's body and their mind, what a tremendous um, situation that is now for not just the doctors to get the data and to analyze and pre prescribe the right solution, but especially now for the patients or the employees who aren't going to work or even those elder care facilities and their residents. Now you can have multiple people using digital technology to provide and deliver better patient care. That's fascinating. And of course, you and your team, you become a leader because of the fact that you're very committed to producing better outcomes for the patients. But let's talk about who your customers are. Are your customers the physicians and the administrators that come to you? Who's the people that reach out and say, hey, we've heard about what you're doing, Brian. We love it. You know, we want to maybe increase our income a little bit if we can, but at the same time, provide even better care for our, for our customers or our clients or our patients. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, doctors, independent physicians, uh, uh, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be your family practitioner. It can be specialists as well, but independent physicians are our clients. We also have corporate clients because we deliver services and products to the employees. So it would be the corporate leader, usually in the HR department or the owner of the business or one of the C-level executives. And then doctors uh, are, are who, and, uh, who we also cater to. We also have brought on some new products and services that actually benefit dentists. So there are uh, customers as well. Uh, that's something new for our company, but it's, it's starting to catch fire and the services and products we're now delivering to the dentist so that they can deliver to their patients is becoming very, uh, it's a very good business for us. I love it. So let's break it down. So let's talk about the healthcare professionals first, because obviously they want to give the best care that they can to their patients. And by using your technology and your program, your system, they're able to provide that care to their patients. And at the same time, obviously, we're all in business, uh, be remunerated by providing that great care through your system. Is that the way that it works? Yeah, that's exactly what our message is to physicians first. Uh, there's two different messages. Let's talk about the message to the physicians. Number one, we can help improve the outcomes of uh, their patient care. We can help the doctors literally outsource some of the services and products that, that can't really be delivered in a timely fashion at the practice. We allow the doctors to and their staff to actually work directly with the, uh, the patients that are coming through the door that are there to visit them, but they can literally outsource uh, services like chronic care management or remote patient monitoring or even medication management, behavioral health screenings. 
we have those types of services that the doctor can outsource that to our medical team. We capture the data using the technology, upload that data into the patient's chart. Now the doctor, as he or she is working with their patients all day long, every day, and their staff, now they can see the data later on that our team, our medical professionals have been working on with their patients during the day, and then they can analyze and keep things moving forward. Now, that's part A, providing better patient care or improving the outcomes of, of patient care. Part B then would be now we're driving additional income into the practice. And let's not forget that there are a lot of independent physicians who are out there who um, have you know, they're, they're looking at, well, should I just sell my practice to a very large hospital or some other organization? And many of them don't want to do that. They've been in business for quite a while. They don't want to uh, be uh, an employee. They like, they have that entrepreneurial spirit. They want to remain independent. And so we're able to do that by delivering services and products that can increase their cash flow, increase their income tremendously, but we're doing all the work. They get the payment, they get the reimbursement. We do all the work. We have a nice partnership together where then the doctor pays our company to basically outsource a lot of different services and products that, again, drive that income. So there's, there's those two parts when we deal with doctors. Now, when it comes to corporations, we're not actually driving new revenue, but we're literally helping the corporation take better care of their employees. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about why that's important, but for now, uh, I, I just wanted to throw out there that we're not driving income to the corporations that, that are our clients, but we're definitely helping them with their bottom line because now we're helping their employees become healthier and happier and more productive. I love it. It makes all the sense in the world. It's so amazing the way you think this through and the way in which you talk about a partnership with these independent physicians, these independent doctors, because these physicians, they do their work. They went to medical school. They know what they're doing in terms of building a practice to help their, their patients. But it makes sense for them to reach out to a company like yours and say, hey, you know, I don't have the expertise in this other facet, let's just say, of the business. I want to partner with you you handle everything else that really my patients need. I'll focus on what I'm doing and you do all the hard and heavy lifting so that I can give my patients additional care, additional benefits, additional services, additional monitoring. And then I'm just going to collect a check by providing this wonderful partnership with this great organization that you've built, Brian. I love it so much. It makes all the sense in the world. Now, I want to talk about the workplace well-being because everybody's talking about that right now. That's a hot topic because oh, you, yeah. know, you want, right? So let's talk about a little bit how you help the employers with their workplace well-being. Well, uh, several years ago, I realized that, uh, you know, the, the employees uh, are, are looking for several things. Let's say they come to a new organization. What do they look at? Well, they look at the health benefits and they look at the pay and they may look at the vacation time and the 401k options. But what they're really not telling the employer is that I want to be healthy. I want to have well-being at the top of my list when I come to work. I don't want to be stressed all day long every day. Uh, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And when we've now gone through the pandemic here, this uh, last little while, uh, we started looking a little bit deeper at our, 
our, our workplace wellness program because, you know, today, um, if you see what's going on with depression and anxiety and literally PTSD, we used to talk about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, with, uh, you know, athletes and with the military personnel. Today, we're talking about that for employees because they have been so stressed out, not knowing if they had a job, not knowing if they have a company that is even going to survive and that they can come back to. But we started looking at some of the statistics and we realized that 70%, this is a, an astonishing number to me, 70% of the, the employee's um, brain capacity is impaired somehow, some way by stress. We started taking a deeper dive into that. And then we, we started learning was that burnout, because of the stress, burnout now is up 63% than it was just two years ago. When you start dealing with numbers like that as an employer, you know, we've got amazing employees on our team. We've got an amazing team, but we need to take care of them. And how do we do that? Well, I started looking at uh, what, what I felt was really important and that through this particular crisis that we've gone through, now it's created another mental health crisis where we've got people who are overwhelmed. They're under-delivering because they're so overwhelmed. They're unproductive or not as productive as they used to be because they're so overwhelmed. So I, I just decided to do something about it. Number one, we deliver some services and products that will help uh, the employees find that balance while they're at work. Uh, but number two, we also uh, I just decided to write up a program, uh, literally a training system on what I call the eight lifestyles of positive people. Because being in healthcare now for a couple of decades and then seeing what's gone in the workplace and also being a business owner myself, uh, I just started noticing all the trends and how overwhelmed people were, not just at the doctor's office and the staff, but now that's a universal problem. That's a, that's a problem with all of the employees around the world. How do we maintain, how, first of all, how do we build and then maintain a positive culture? So I ended up writing a book about that. And uh, that to me today is, is one of our key elements of the services that we, that we deliver. Um, that's why we wanted to kind of, I wanted to break it apart there a little bit. We've got doctors as clients with their patients. We've got corporations as clients with their employees. Those are two, two critical areas that, you know, I think we should be alarmed, actually, at, at some of the statistics that have come out post-pandemic and start figuring out a way to deliver to our employees, since we're talking about workplace wellness in this, this segment, let's, let's help our employees feel better, be more productive, uh, feel like they're, you know, satisfying their own personal dreams and desires and goals, but at the same time being productive so that they can help increase uh, the company, whether it's increase the revenue, increase the culture, increase, uh, you know, I can list off many things here for, for corporations, but as an employer, I want my employees to be on their A game. I want them to come to work being excited and motivated on what they can accomplish that day. But we need to help them as employees to get to that level. Sometimes they need an extra, and let's face it, no one can be Pollyanna, happy, 
you know, every minute of every day, things happen, stress happens. So that's why I decided to put together a program to help employees be more productive while they're at work and while they're away from work. Brian, it's it's unbelievable. It's really, really makes so much sense. It resonates for me hearing you speak. You know, your company has won so many awards. If I if I listed all the awards, I'd be here for 35 minutes just talking about all the awards you've won. And you've mentioned your team. You've got a world-class team. You guys do such a great job. But the thing you just mentioned about the employees, that really resonates because if you're an employer and you have employees that are not doing the best job they possibly can, and they're, let's say, working at 80% efficiency, there's another 20% that's sort of on the vine as an employer that that those employees can reach for. And if they're not getting there because of their mental health or they're stressed out or they have a little of this PTSD you mentioned, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for the employers watching to be able to get your employers, what I would call firing on all cylinders? Yes. And it sounds like, Brian, this is the program that you have for the employers. It would be so important because what an investment to make because you're going to get such an amazing return on your investment as an employer because if you can get all your employees firing on all cylinders and doing the best job they can for your clients it's going to increase your revenues and the amount of money that you spend to bring on this amazing program Brian that you have for employers really is just a kick in the bucket compared to what the employee output's going to be is that right Oh, that's tremendously well said, Andy. Um, you know, when you, as an employer, we always have to look at what's going to be our return on our investment. If we invest into that employee uh, or that product or that service, what's the outcome? How, how, do we, how do we measure that? And so I always like to look at it from a standpoint of if we put a little bit of m- money behind two things. Let's just simplify it. It's two, we, we, all, we all can think about two things. Provide training so that the employees understand how to build a positive culture and then how to maintain that co- positive culture. We've got now a training system. We literally just launched it. Uh, it's been in the works for several years. It's now launched. We've got s- several companies that have started on the program. They've been very pleased because what does it all tie back into? Health and well-being of the employee. How do we help our employees become healthier, happier, more productive? I mean, let's face it. When people are positive, you like hanging around them. You don't like hanging around negative people who are always shooting down every idea you come up with or being negative about the day and not not having a positive mental attitude. Well, okay, well, we can help with that. We have literally have a system where... We've had people come back to us and they've, they've come through and they've pointed out one specific thing, let's say. Brian, that, that uh, chapter on having a wake-up strategy, uh, I couldn't even believe that I wasn't awake. I was asleep at the wheel and I was going off the edge. But that little exercise and that understanding helped me become awake to the fact that I need to take better health of my body and of my mind And then it tied right directly into different supplements that they could even be taking, different exercises that they could be doing. More importantly, it was literally a training system. And when they learn these items, and then at the end of that particular chapter, there's an action plan. Okay, you just learned all this stuff. 
well, how do we put it into action? And that's what uh, is created at the end of every one of those chapters in that particular training system. And I think when they, when people are able to uh, tie it into, you know, happier, healthier, more productive individuals, then we get an endorsement, not just from the employees, but from the corporate clients that they can literally start to see a change in the culture. They can literally start to see a change even as they tie wellness into their overall corporate strategy. They will see a huge change. There's several companies that I can name off here that have written to us that they've said that they have seen this change. And it's now where the employees are owning the fact that they have to take better care of their well-being. That means their body and their mind. And now we've given them kind of a track to run on and a lane to run on and when to start that, that race. We've given them that with this particular training system. And so that's the training. The other side of the coin is uh, I, I, I normally don't wear watches, but I'm wearing this. <laughs> this is one of our products because it is what we call remote patient monitoring or RPM. Now, they may not be, uh, you know, employees may not be patients of a doctor at, in this setting at a corporation, but fact is they're still individuals. What if we can monitor their vital signs and monitor their weight and their blood pressure and their blood sugar and blood oxygen level and their heart rate and even their sleeping patterns and their stress levels? We can even measure the body temperature. Now, that's amazing when you see that as an employee and you have all that data right here on your wrist. You don't even, I don't even recognize that I'm wearing this. It's so light. But this back again to that digital technology that's available now is literally going to be a game changer for these employees to see how they can create another way to take care of themselves so that they can become more productive and build them a, a better culture, even a positive culture in that corporation. I love it. Well, that makes all the sense in the world, Brian. You really coalesce this complicated healthcare menagerie into a very simplistic, to, uh, sim simple to understand process for the layman like me. Something that's very interesting that resonates for me, Brian, is the fact that you mentioned that really corporate culture starts at the top. And those CEOs that they invest in workplace well-being, their employees feel that. And they know that, hey, you know, this CEO cares about me. This founder cares about me. I want to do a better job for him or her because, you know, they really have put our well-being at the forefront of, of the business. And I love right. that so much. It's just so powerful. Now, We've talked about the workplace well-being, and I love that. I mean, everybody, every organization needs to get on this plan. You know, we want to talk about the wearable in just a minute. We talked about the independent physicians, the healthcare professionals that, you know, use you as a partner to be able to provide better outcomes for their patients and, of course, also earn additional income, which is amazing for them in their practice. Now, you mentioned something about elder care, about elder care facilities. And, right. you know, so many of us are going through this for our parents right now and our, and our mother-in-laws and our father-in-laws. And we're starting to deal with America, especially becoming much more elderly, especially in the next 20, 30 years. So right. how does your company help the elder care facilities? How does rx to live do that right now? Well, what's interesting about elder care facilities, there's usually about 17 different categories that you can look at, but we focus on two. 
skilled nursing facilities and assisted living facilities. Um, and the reason why we do that is because typically those facilities will not have a full-time MD or medical director that's there all the time, every day, 24-7. Usually the, they, they have a program where they will outsource the, the oversight of a physician for those residents, or not even really considered patients, they call them residents, um, that MD will oversee what's going on with all the rest of the staff, okay? So they're, they're an outsourced partner that comes there once a week, twice a week, whatever they've contracted with that elder care facility. So now, since we're dealing directly with the doctor who also ha has a practice that's local, we're delivering literally the same services and products to the residents of that elder care facility as we would to their patients at their practice. So what really helps us is, yeah, it's a, it's a different vertical market, but it's literally the same services and products like chronic care management or remote patient monitoring, or we help them manage their medications. You know, typically you're, when you have an elderly patient, they're going to be seeing five, six, seven different specialists. And sometimes they don't all know or report together. So they don't know what medications they're taking. And they also may not even know what over-the-counter medications that that patient or that resident has taken. Or, heaven forbid, they've even taken some um, pills from a loved one that aren't even prescribed for them. Well, all of those services that we offer to the doctors at their clinic or their practice for their patients are now offered to the residents who are patients of the elder care facility. So it's pretty much the same thing. We just looked at that and said, well, there's a need right there. We can literally take the same services and products and our vendor partners who deliver those services and products and provide those to those 120 uh, residents of that particular elder care facility. Well, Brian, that's so awesome to hear that. And the way you take care of your clients is so, so encouraging. It's so empowering. You know, when I think about it in my personal life, I've got someone in my life that's elderly and exactly what you just said happened. There were so many physicians and so many medications and the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand and nobody right. knew what was going on. This is going to become more prevalent as our aging population continues to age. So congratulations at being at the forefront of starting to think about this for all of us and making this a much better seamless sort of a process for, for people as they grow older. Now, I want to talk about entrepreneurship a little bit. I know you've only sliced out a certain amount of time for me, but I look at you, Brian, as somewhat of a zeitgeist, a, a shapeshifter, a forward thinker, someone that thinks in advance of what's about to happen. And you showed this wearable that you have on your, on your, on your wrist. And right. I want to talk about that a little bit because I would think it's just like so amazing if I wear that. And then I get some feedback. Hey, you know, Andy, you didn't sleep well enough today. You know, maybe you need to not work out today because your body needs though that energy that, you know, exactly. you would have used to work out to repair itself. And, you know, I'm thinking down the road. I'm thinking future, futuristically. Is there going to be a time where we're going to get feedback where, you know, something's going to say to us like, hey, it's time to eat, eat. It's time to work out. It's time not to work out. You need to go to sleep now. You didn't sleep well last night. Where's it all going, Brian? Yeah, great question. So what we've done is we've got two different types of technology that uh, are utilized. One is a cellular device where you literally 
hook up a blood pr pressure cuff and through the cellular network that you can see the exact, you know, uh, heart rate and, and, uh, and blood pressure and all those things that go along with the cuff. Okay. We decided to simplify it because it, it, we, we don't necessarily need to send a, a blood pressure cuff or a scale to someone or um, several other, other devices that are ancillary and outside of this little, what's all built into this, this little wearable product. Um, what's, what's cool about that is if I were it, this, this watch syncs up with my phone and I can now look at my phone and tell it to sync. And what is it showing for the last 24 hours, the last day, the last week, the last month, what are the trends? And now I have that right there on my dashboard on my phone. Um, that is a, that, that is huge. Uh, I, I think as far as a patient's wellness is concerned. And again, if this can be uploaded into the physician's dashboard and they don't, they don't need to leave their office or the patient doesn't need to leave their employment or their home, they have all that data right there as an, as an employee, it's, it's tremendous. Now as an elder patient, like my mom, uh, and my dad, up until just a few months ago, my, my dad passed away, but he was one of those that said, you know, I don't want to be monitored all the time. Okay, dad, that's cool. You don't have to wear this all the time, but my mom does. Uh, so do I. I mean, I, I like, again, like I said earlier, I don't like wearing watches, but I like to know what my, my health is doing and where do I need to make some corrections? Do I need to sleep better? Do I need to, am I too stressed? This will help me understand what my sleeping patterns are. It'll help me understand what stress levels I'm at, my heart rate, my blood sugar, my blood oxygen level. That's pretty cool to be able to see that at a moment's notice using a smartphone and this digital technology that's electronically transmitting data either to my phone that I can see right away or to my, my provider, my, my doctor, or even if I'm elderly, my caregiver. They can have access to that data as well. If they see a spike in a certain area, they'll know right away. So that's where this technology is headed here in the last little while. And we have some more things that we'll actually be introducing here in the next six months that'll be off the charts amazing with additional things that we can actually monitor using this little simple device. And quite frankly, if, they, if someone already has a device, we can use that device with our firmware on the back end. They don't have to... They don't have to, you know, go out and buy a, a different piece of technology. If they already have a certain wearable product they like, whether it's Fitbit or Apple or whatever it may be, we can still use that. That's great, Brian. Well, that is so fascinating. I'm going to bring you back on the show when you release some new technology. And I think we're just going to talk maybe for a full 30 minutes about the future of where it's all right. going, where, you know, Brian Hazelgren thinks it's all going to go, and I want to get into your brain a little bit because I know you're right on the cutting edge of everything. Now, Brian, before we go, and again, I kept you a little over today, but I wanted to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. You know, we have some younger people watching the show, younger entrepreneurs. They're watching you. They're saying, wow, he's at the top of his game. He's got a great company. He's helping so many people. You know, he gets testimonials and referrals, you know, left and right. But some of these younger entrepreneurs, maybe they're facing a pothole in the road. Maybe they're, you know, 
they're seeing a wall. Maybe they freeze frame because they don't know how to handle being an entrepreneur. So maybe you could give some advice to the younger entrepreneurs, how to get through these potholes in entrepreneurship and how to build a business and come out the other end of these problems, you know, doing much better after getting through the wall or through the potholes. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, several years ago, uh, I was asked to help start the entrepreneurship center at a major university here in the States. Uh, there were four of us, local entrepreneurs that were asked to design the curriculum from a standpoint of an entrepreneur, not from a standpoint of an academia professor who had never owned a business. So we said, thumbs up. That's awesome. Uh, created a couple of different books for that particular program. Uh, actually, three of them became bestsellers uh, about you know how to write a business plan and how to talk to potential investors. Those were a couple of the books. Other ones, another one was about personal development and understanding what it's like to be an entrepreneur. But I always uh, used to talk about a of an interesting concept when I was teaching that course to these MBA students. I would start off the semester talking to them about entrepreneurship, and they'd look at me like, "Is he is he is he saying that right?" <laughs> And I kept saying entrepreneur, right? And finally, they said, someone would raise their hand and they'd say, you're not saying that right. It's, it's entrepreneur. It's not entrepreneur. I said, well, actually, have you been an entrepreneur yet? Because usually you're, it's piled high and deep and you're lying underneath it. So <laughs> most of the time. So entrepreneurship, you know, it's got its ebbs and flows, its ups and downs. But when it, it, as an employer, I actually look at people uh, that have entrepreneurial backgrounds. Here's why. What if they said, well, my business failed. Okay, did it really? You may have achieved a result, but look at all the education you got that you actually didn't even have to pay for. You don't have to go get an MBA for this. This education that you have now, I want you to apply that to our company and help us grow. So entrepreneurs, I think, have to you know, uh, you know, take a little bit of a a lesson sometimes in realizing that life is going, not, not if, when life gets overwhelming, okay, now it's time to grab your bootstraps and tighten them up and get ready to go march again, because there's some definite things that you can be doing as now you've got an up, I call it an upskill. You've upskilled your, your skill level and your talents that you used to not have, and now you have those today as an entrepreneur. What I always love about working with someone who has an entrepreneurial background is that they have a way to figure it out. In other words, if life gets tough, what are the other options available to me? What are the other opportunities? How do we turn this obstacle in front of us into an opportunity for myself, for my family, and for the people that I can go help. That's what I'm always interested in figuring out because I, I think that, uh, you know, employer, excuse me, employers need to actually help the employees figure out how they can take on leadership roles. And it's okay if they fail. I remember uh, Lee Iacocca, he used to say, fail fast. You know, to him, fail fast meant uh, a $10 million loss. We can't do that in small business today, but fail fast, learn from your mistakes, and don't make the same mistakes again, because it is going to happen. And it will also happen in a sense that you need to, uh, one, one of the other things that I like to talk about in this, uh, in this new book uh, 
eight lifestyles of positive people. One of those eight lifestyles is to literally learn from inspiring stories. That story that I just talked about, Lee Iacocca, that's, that's actually one of those um, inspiring stories of, of how you can learn from leaders, people who have found success in business, in sports, in music, whatever it may be, whatever they found success in, they've stuck to the plan. And, if, and remember, if plan A didn't work out, there's still 25 more letters in the alphabet. And that's what you have to learn as an entrepreneur. Plan A isn't always the right path. It might be plan H and you have to get there, but you have to, you have to persevere and not give up before you get there. And I think that's the key that we have to remember as entrepreneurs. Wow, that's powerful, Brian. And of course, congratulations on the new book. I know it's going to be another bestseller for you. And what you're saying to the entrepreneurs is that if you're not encountering these problems or these these potholes or these walls, you're not pushing hard enough. So you should welcome all of those challenges and and learn from the best and learn from the great people. Like you've mentioned, Lee Iacocca was one about his attitude. And I know, Brian, one thing about you with your team at RX to Live is it's all about the attitude. It starts with that great, let's get it done attitude and that that really resonates for you and your team and the people you work with and then the people that they work with. So it's a wonderful circle you've been able to build. You know, that's absolutely awesome. This has been a remarkable interview. I love what you're doing at RX to Live. There's so much to learn from someone like you, from leadership, from from providing superior service and products to your clients, to your team that really wants to take care of their clients. It really is a complete circle, a beautiful package you've built. Again, congratulations on the new book. We'll put a link at the bottom of the interview uh, so people can take a look at it. And Brian, thank you so much for coming on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Absolutely, Andy. It has been my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for having me today. You're doing an amazing job with your interviews and the incredible people you keep bringing on to your program. I, I, I'm hooked. I love it. And so I'm very honored to be one of your guests today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to talk to you. Mm-hmm.